football, baby. It is that time of week. It's Tuesday. We're doing two uh, shows this week, but unfortunately, um, or fortunate for, fortunately for me, I get a little bit more talking time. My co-host, Travis, is out this week, so I'm running it solo. As usual, it's your host, Dustin Blanton, and this is the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast, and today... I am joined by one of my favorite content creators in the space. He is a producer and co-host over there at the Wake Up with Ray G show over on YouTube, all part of the Wake Up TV channel over there. You can follow him at Rich on Twitter. Everybody joining me today is Jordan Richards. What's going on, Jordan? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for that great intro. It wasn't quite as good as Klug's nicest guy in the world, but right, right. I will take it. One of your favorite content creators? It's good enough for me. I appreciate that. It's How are you doing, Dustin? Uh, definitely top two on this show, for sure. Uh, for <laughs> <Thank> sure. <you. laughs> um, well, thank you. Yeah, I feel I feel like that one went pretty well. Um, didn't stumble over my words. I'd give it a solid eight. We're good. We're yeah, good. for sure. For sure. I've done a lot uh, worse, so you're good. All right. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. Um, so we'll just get into it, man. Uh, so one, how you doing? Um, hope you're, hope you're doing, I know it's pretty late over there for you. Um, <laughs> a so little bit. thank, thank you for taking the time this evening to, oh, of course, anytime to chill with me, talk some football. There's a lot to go over, um, with cuts happening, some surprises obviously we're going to talk about the demise of trey lance now that J- jimmy g is going to be the penult- the ultimate starter um according to most of twitter so we'll get into that first i want i want to clear the air on something that happened um because it's it runs it rent free in my mind you know because ever since the fantasy football expo and i want the people to to hear it from me um i i introduced myself to you as one does when you know meeting people at the expo and it was mid bite of a taco okay so i'd like to i'd like to apologize for um one interrupting what looked like a delicious lunch dinner whatever it was um and and then walking away awkwardly because i'm pretty sure i stood there for a second said hey i'm dustin nice to meet you you know really (laughs) really love what you're doing and then had nothing else that was all i planned don't worry. Okay. So I will set the stage for people watching and listening about my side of the story, right? So it was about three o'clock, I'd say. I drove here. So I woke up at 5 a.m. I drove from Toronto to the expo, did a little oh, bit of shopping along the way. So yeah, it's not that far. It's about five hours. But okay. so that was my first meal of the day. Didn't really stop or eat or anything. So it was around three o'clock, first meal of the day. So when you see me gnawing on this food, it was because I was starving at that point. But um, the funny part about that is not just that moment. You were the first person right. that I didn't know that came up to me. So that alone was kind of its own surreal moment. And I kind of, I think I did tell you in the moment, I told kind of the next person after, right. like later on in the day, I was like, look, I don't mean to be rude or anything. It's just a different, like a weird situation for me yeah. because you're coming up to me and you know who I am. And I have no idea necessarily who you are. And uh, right. it's definitely not to be rude, but I obviously appreciated it a lot. 
Um, the other oh, funny thing course. about that was that uh, we were with Gene and Ike of Off the Line, who do a podcast for Destination Devi, and then oh, Ray right, was right. there too. And so they got food first, and they just were eating. They went to the buffet. They started eating. I'm like, oh, damn, is there free food? And they were like, yeah, like, go, it's over there. Right. As soon as I go get my food, sit down, some lady comes and gives Ike a bill. I'm like, excuse me, sir. I'm like, excuse (laughs) me, sir. You did not tell me that this food wasn't free. And he was like, well, this is news to me, too, because at the expo, you just walk up to the buffet, you get your food, you sit down. And when they see you sit down, bam, they hit you with a bill. So, yeah, that was um, a little surprise. It wasn't too expensive. But, yeah, that wasn't very fun for me when I asked someone, hey, is this free? And they kind of just said you didn't say anything, but they kind of gave me the okay. But um, I do appreciate you obviously uh, reaching out for the pod and for introducing yourself. Definitely makes it easier coming on here when it's a familiar face. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to trying to put a face to the name is definitely a task in and of itself. So Expo went great, though. It was awesome seeing you, seeing yeah. you know, seeing Ray, also awkwardly introducing myself. It was a whole whole theme for the weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was, it was good. Um, glad to have you on. Thanks again. I'm going to probably thank you probably 15 times um, this show. But hey, We'll get we're pla- uh, past the pleasantries. We'll get right into some football because, like I said, there's a lot that happened over the last few days. Mm-hmm. Let's start off with cuts because cuts happened. I don't know if you had a favorite guy that might have gotten released that you weren't expecting. Um, a name that stuck out to me was Marlon Mack. Wasn't really sure yep. um, about. I, honestly, I, I thought I thought he was going to be the um, the Mar- well, heck, the Marlon Mack sacrifice that was. To Jonathan Taylor, yeah. I thought he was going to lead the way. He's almost like Tyrod Tayloring for running backs. You know, he's, he's <laughs> that's a great <laughs> point. Yeah, so Damian Pierce should be pretty good this year. Yeah, um, yeah. By my standards, he'll be a top five running back. Um, according, <laughs> you know, if, if Tyrod Taylor tells any sort of tale. Um, was there anyone else that stuck uh, stuck out to you today uh, once cuts were released? Or the last couple of days. Um, for cuts, I wouldn't say so. I think it's more so the guys that were kept. I know that um, the Cleveland Browns kept Mike Woods. That was kind of surprising to me. He was kind of a roster bubble guy, a guy that I think is really talented. But for fantasy, you know, we'll see, right? right? Um, right. There wasn't a ton of surprises. I think Marlon Mack is the largest story here. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone thought he would make the team. Him, Rex Burkhead, and Damian Pierce is kind of a three-headed monster in Houston. But now right. it looks like Damian Pierce is going to be the guy. I think the question for me, um, and I'll, I'll openly ask this to you, is Right. Where is his ADP going to be too high to where you're like, uh, I don't know for this season because it was mm-hmm. kind of in like the seventh round and it was creeping up right. to the sixth round. Now mm-hmm. with Marlon Mack being cut, there's no real fear of him losing first and second down carries. We have Damian right. Pierce as kind of the primary rusher. Hopefully he gets receiving work, but Rex Burke will yeah. probably factor in as well. What point is too mm-hmm. high for you for him in redraft so far? You know, for redraft, I, I don't think – I think the sixth round is getting pretty rich um, because yeah. at the end of the day, I think the community is kind of forgetting that it's still the Texans. You know, I, I know that Lovey Smith wants to establish it. Just, just Oh yeah. That's just, you know, being a bears fan, I know that. Um, but honestly, I, I, I don't know how effective this offense is going to be. You know, we forget that. Yes. There's some upside with Davis mills, but there's still only Brandon cooks. You know, there's maybe Nico Collins. You have to kind of yeah. talk yourself into Brevin Jordan. Other than that, like Damian Pierce isn't going to be some bell cow guy who, you know, is he enough to stave off, you know, Royce Freeman and Rex Burkett is, you know, as weary of a combination that is. 
I, I think sixth round is probably as high as I'd even start thinking about drafting him in a redraft. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because like maybe you could talk me into the fifth round, but that's usually when you're targeting those wide receivers. Right. Or maybe again, if you went, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, could mm. you maybe use him as your first running back in like the late fifth, early sixth, potentially? Um, again, he's probably gonna get the work. 200 carries is probably what we're looking at for sure. We don't know about the receiving game, but like you said, a low upside offense, which is kind of a big issue for me overall. But again, the volume should be there, score you points every week. So at least you have that working in your favor. Right. I mean, really the question I would ask you then is if, if you're taking Damian Pierce, who is not, like you said, is going the sixth, if we see him rise into the fifth, you really have to start thinking, are you taking yeah. him or would you personally, I would rather take a guy like Tyler Algier in like the 12th round who granted probably a much worse. Well, I can't even say much worse because really where, where are we, where are we putting the Texans offense? Are they, are they bottom half? Are we going to give them that much credit? <laughs> I mean, what you're saying is definitely true. Like how much better is Atlanta? I mean, the skill guys in Atlanta, I think are considerably sure. better. Maybe probably at least we project right. that, um, you know, Algier fifth round pick Pierce, obviously a fourth round pick talent. Right. I think it's probably pretty close. You know, the thing with Pierce, right. it's hard is the college evaluation. You didn't really see his full skill set all the time. It was right. kind of in spurts. So you didn't know what he would look like as a full-time contributor. Um, I think that Algier could be just as good, although, again, I think you can always make this case, right? Like, well, I'll take the guy who's later because he's cheaper, right? But at some point, you have to take a shot on somebody. I think that's where I think Pierce, for everything we've seen so far, he's probably going to be the guy this season. And for Dynasty, probably even beyond that. So you probably should take a shot on him just because the production should continue. I couldn't imagine them replacing him after one season, maybe two seasons, but I doubt a running back's going to come next class. They're going to say, yeah, we want that guy over Pierce. But again, things change a lot. Like people were pegging Philip Lindsay as the next guy and he was undrafted free agent and he kind of still got run the second year and beyond. So I doubt Pierce is going away anytime soon, especially with how early they kind of committed to him overall. Yeah. I think definitely in the dynasty scope, I think you're, you're looking at a guy who who will hold some value. Um, But you're probably right. Looking at, you know, the, the future, He's probably looking at some sort of committee. I don't. I don't necessarily know that he has a talent yeah. to to give them the confidence that okay, this is the guy we can run into the ground for a few years. Um, so th- I'm looking forward to it. A, a guy um, that I'm really looking forward to, and that I I saw that he made the roster. I'm still holding out a, or holding a flame for for Julius Chestnut. I I don't know if I'm the only one left. Um, but he made the Texans or the Titans roster, and yeah. I I personally like him more than Hassan Haskins. And I think if yeah, you know Derrick Henry shows his age a little bit more, I think that's a guy that <laughs> might make some noise. <laughs> yeah, I, say, I mean, yeah. you, you're. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think the problem where that argument sort of falls short is I just feel like Hassan Haskins is the guy that could not replace sure. Derrick Henry's production, but from mm. a role, body type, style. Again, he gets it done and it's ugly, especially what he did at Michigan. But I feel like that's maybe why they want him on the roster. But again, you never know. Like they also have Dontrell Hilliard there who can kind of fill that role. But Chestnut, I think, provides something that they don't really use enough, but they probably could use in the offense as more of a playmaker type. Um, I think that's where his role could fit in. But it seems like he's fourth on the depth chart right now. But good to see him make the roster. Maybe he can do some things beyond just simply practice squad and, you know, that type of stuff throughout the year. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Haskins is a guy I've got in a couple places, but 
Still prefer Chestnut. I, I'm yeah. not going to give up hope. Not going to give up hope. Um, a couple names, though, that, that have resurfaced. One not really relevant for, for fantasy really at all that I thought was really shocking to see him move. Um, LaVisca Chenault. Um, <laughs> is, is is he revived? <laughs> is he? Um, <laughs> I can't I mean, even get it out. I can't. I, uh, when I you just, get cut. When you, well, they didn't get cut. He got traded. Right. But when you He's get traded. Basically he cut by the Jaguars. That is something like you, you don't see guys get cut from the Jaguars very often and find They've, their way into fantasy relevance. So I think that's the yeah. case I will make against LaVisca, but you know, I'm sure his stands are still definitely out there. Where are you at with Visca? And do you think maybe there's maybe hope in this Curtis Samuel role now that he's yeah. moved over to Washington? Yeah, boy, you hit it right on the head. It's, it's, it's the Curtis Samuel corollary, you know, is it, is he the guy? Look, he's not, I don't, in my opinion, he's nowhere near as dynamic as, it's Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel can run routes. Um, you know, it and he's faster too. And he's faster. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that helps. You know, LaVisca was always a Ross uh, prospect coming out of college and it was more of a hope, you know, it, it was the, uh, the comparisons that people were making, you know, this guy's the next AJ Brown, you know, the big <laughs> slot guy, the slant and bulldoze. And then he gets the to wildcat the, in uh, exactly, Colorado right. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wild, just manufactured touches, which, I could make the argument maybe we're seeing some of that with Traylon Burks, but I think that's extending myself a little bit. Um, but LaVisca is a guy I was intrigued to, to see move. I, I don't see him being relevant. And look, if if DJ Moore, let's say, you know, knock on wood, something happens to DJ Moore, you're not going to all of a sudden see, you know, LaVisca shoot up the the rankings and be a guy that you're going to want to start because at that point you're looking at Robbie Anderson, LaVisca Chenault, and Terrace Marshall. All being yeah. thrown the same passes by Baker Mayfield. So, I, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, man. didn't even name Christian McCaffrey or Chuba Hubbard or is it Brandon, like Zilstra or whatever the other guy I've ne- who's I've there. I've never heard of any of those guys. I have no idea. Oh, oh. just <laughs> so many guys that Visco would have to overcome to become right. fantasy relevant again. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't foresee that happening at all for no. his future. But crazier things have happened, I suppose. Right. For sure. For sure. Uh, well, maybe just as crazy is, uh, can you talk me through the move of the Saints moving Sauce Gardner over to the already stacked Philadelphia Eagles defense? Can you walk me through oh, this? What- man, uh, it's funny. So my, my best friend is a Saints fan, and he is he loves CJ Gardner-Johnson, like loves him, loves him, loves yeah, him, loves him. He's a pistol. And we were talking about the impact of what he could be, and it just comes down to contract, right? Like, I think he was mm-hmm. telling me that Nick Underhill put out a report that apparently he was just being a dick at practices and like not really listening to the coaching staff. And apparently Dennis shocked. Allen are, that's the thing, right? And that's yeah. kind of what we talked about is like, you see him on the field and he's kind of an asshole. Right. And yeah, that works when you're good and you're on the team right. and your friends and your buddies. But when that mm-hmm. personality starts to show itself in other areas that conflict with the team and other things, Right. Bad things are going to happen. But, you know, he's looking for an extension. Apparently wanted to play more safety so we could get paid as a safety. They play him in nickel corner. Wild. So we got traded. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Fiery personality. But, again, I think that, yeah. you know, they brought in Tyra Matthew that can hopefully be the heartbeat of that defense. But a lot of ways, Gardner Johnson was the guy who really got that team riled up. It's not really Lattimore's role. Demaro Davis says that a little bit. But it was definitely right. surprising because, again, this is kind of one of those things with that Saints defense in my opinion, one of the big X factors of them beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice a year was Gardner Johnson playing phenomenally well in the slot. So 
We'll see right. how it impacts them. I'm not sure how well they're going to replace them. More like I think they'll be okay from a team standpoint and the personnel, but it's the energy that he brought to the field every week that they will definitely miss for sure on defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point. And that, that defense is already looking scary in the middle. So having another talented yeah. corner on the outside, boy, I, I've called it from the beginning of the season. I think Philadelphia takes that, that division this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. For Dallas sure. is, uh, I, I, I don't want to say Dallas is in trouble, but you look no. at what they have on the outside based on what they have had. And yeah. I just don't know how people can be as confident that Dak is going to have a great year unless they, be- mm. unless you believe that Dak is that dude, because while sure. I do believe it, he had some pretty damn good players. He was playing with at the same yeah. time. So now he's going to have to do it with CD who everyone thinks is going to be this sure. hyper targeted guy. And he might be, Dalton right. Schultz, who's still great, but outside of that, you you don't have that third target to move the chains to open up things for the other guys. It's just two guys, Zeke and Pollard. Maybe they use Pollard yeah. more in the slot, and that will help. Sure. But I'm definitely worried. Like all the people Get betting Schultz on Philadelphia there. to win the division, yeah, I think it's a great bet. I really do. I think it's a great bet. For sure, for sure. Uh, that's gonna be fun. It it always is, and no one ever repeats in that division. So got that working yeah. in our favor. Um, let's, let's get more into to do the uh, actual playing of fantasy though, because you know, we've, we've got through the news. I want to get to know more about what you, what your philosophies are, kind of what you're expecting for the season. Um, I think that's what the people want to hear. Are there any people that you're, are any players that you're, you're targeting maybe prior to week one who might have a chance of breaking out that first week that maybe after that week, kind of like Elijah Mitchell last year, where he has a role week one, and then after that, there's no getting him. Maybe a waiver wire guy or something like that. That's tough because that player very well could be Sky Moore, but everyone's drafting him, right? That's right. very difficult, right? The Chiefs play the Arizona Cardinals week one, and I was talking to um, my buddy Jordan Vanek over at the 33rd team, and he literally mm. called me one day, and all he said was, Jordan, I don't know how the Cardinals are going to survive in the secondary because I don't know a single player in their secondary right now. And it is yeah. August. Like, so they just made a trade. I think they did just make a trade. Who do they trade for? Is it going to make a big difference or because oh, that's man, who it, it's they, just like, they don't have they anybody out there that can cover anybody. And so you think about the chiefs yeah. and then like Trayvon who's looking Mullen, at more stats. Trayvon Mullen. Let's see if he can save the Arizona Cardinals defense. I'm <laughs> yeah. just, I, I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do, but you just have to imagine whether it's Juju, whether it's Kelsey, whether it's MVS, yeah. whether it's Sky Moore, yeah, like who do you stop? Someone's going to have a massive game and it's just going to rocket ship them in value in fantasy. Uh, that's right. one of the ones, you know, one of the highest totals on the slate and, and just be DFS targets all over the place. I'm pretty sure Mahomes is the highest rated quarterback on the slate. It, it's just mm. going to be crazy. And then on top of that, you know, Kyler Murray kind of coming back. I, I think yeah. in that game, the guy that if I was to peg anyone, it would be r- probably Rondell Moore, right? Because no one wants Rondell Moore right now. You know, Hopkins sure. isn't going to be there. And in that high-paced, heavy game environment, the Cardinals right. are probably going to have to come back and pass. And if Rondell Moore is a big part of that, catches a bomb down the sideline, obviously, to your point, his vol- mm. his value would just rocket in redraft and you should probably trade him immediately because we don't know what the hell he's going to do but in that game environment he could be the guy that really explodes and gets his name out there and people remember they're like oh yeah he was a highly touted prospect the analytics team loved him super fast super strong right but again the production wasn't there year one 
But if he does get that role, especially without Hopkins there for the first eight weeks, he could gain some pretty good value early in the season. That's pretty solid. That's pretty oh, man. Rondale Moore, I was high on him last year, especially being, yeah. you know, Purdue guy. Uh, mm-hmm. that is that is that is someone I, I had my eye on. I'm I'm hoping so because once D Hop comes back, I don't I don't know that I, I have much hope um on yeah the ceiling for exactly the, right for the little guy so then um, how do you feel about um just let me just get you off topic yeah, real quick yeah, just throw of you course. off but where are you at with david bell then if you're a big purdue guy Ooh, david bell supposed to be um, starting in the slot for cleveland right. does it let matter check, until Watson let me gets check back? my notes his quarterback is jacoby Brissett. <laughs> um i think i'd rather eat my left foot than to put him in my starting lineup um i think that's 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 actually pretty accurate it Look, I don't want Amari Cooper um, on that team. Yeah, like a lot of people, David, I've, I've been seeing it more and more. I was kind of like, well, he should see 130 targets, and people were like, nope, not worth it. Jacoby Brissett, nope, nope, yeah. nope, nope, nope. I don't know, man. At some point, he's got to be a value. I just don't know how I'm far sure. you got to go to get there. I'm, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, look, volume is nice. I, I've had people that I've talked to, especially when the news came out that you know Brissett would be the quarterback. I had people telling me that Amari was their wide receiver fifty, so I think that was a little bit That's of an over, a little bit of an overcorrection. But yeah, uh, you want volume, especially in the PPR league. Sure, I just the yeah. touchdown upside's not there to to put him. Yeah, in. and yeah, you're, like you're what are you what are you hoping for? Like a middling wide receiver. Too low end wide receiver. No, two? that's uh, it, that's and that ceiling? feels out of the realm of possibility. I think you're praying he's a wide receiver three, right? And yeah, that well, would I'm probably about ceiling. Be, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, ceiling of well, maybe a touch two touchdown game here or sure. there it can be a wide receiver one. But yeah, it feels yeah. few and far between. Yeah, it doesn't especially feel... for a team that runs as much as the Browns do. Yeah, I'm just saying, like if 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 Cooper is anything more than my wide receiver three, I'm feeling bad that I'm having a bad time. Um. But that that's 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 a good point though on 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 Rondale. Good 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 advice. Someone I'm I'm looking for. Can you just tell me right now? Is Isaiah Pacheco dead? Is my hope for him gone? Man, dead. I don't know if it's dead because Jarek McKinnon doesn't get hurt quite a bit, right? Like Ronald Jones, Jordan. They yeah, that's a problem. (laughs) But the thing was is that even though they kept Ronald Jones. Hopefully Pacheco is still third on the depth chart. And I think he can Mm -hmm. do a little bit more than Ronald Jones can. I'm not sure how they view Ronald Jones. It's clear. They don't like him that much. He got run behind Pacheco in the preseason. So that's really all we need to know. And then we're praying, maybe not praying, but if Jared McKinnon does get hurt or if Clyde gets hurt, then Mm -hmm. Pacheco probably sees a bit of a role there because we know that they will use multiple backs. They're not going to commit to Clyde full time. But again, I think the playoff usage of McKinnon last season did show us that like they do believe in him, even though we're not really seeing him a lot because he's just kind of getting the veteran treatment, sitting out, having t- good time, relaxing. But I think he will be usable for sure. It just depends on yeah. how does they ultimately use Pacheco, and I think it's going to be few and far between early on. But I also think the same thing for Sky Moore. So, you know, based on okay. what we're seeing, it's not looking like Sky is going to get a ton of run. But again, in that game environment, it only takes one pass, right? And his value right. is just to Absolutely. the Sky. One wheel route. That's all I need. Ex- <laughs> That's that's the reality of what it is, right? Is yeah. that with these young guys, these rookies, it's one play, and all of a sudden it could only be one play, and it could yeah. only be worth ten fantasy points, but it may send right. their value just to another stratosphere. That's right. Put the double digits on my bench, and I'll find a way to put them in my lineup. 
Um, I'll keep the hope alive. (laughs) One guy I'm also keeping the hope alive for, though, this year, Travis, or Travis, this year, Jordan, I apologize. Travis is gone this week, folks. Um, Jordan is, I'm keeping um, some hope alive for the resurgence of Trevor Lawrence this year. You know, there's a few guys that we have who are in different positions in terms of where they're at. Uh, surrounding cast wise, um, starting roles wise. Um, the first one I'll talk about, like I said, Trevor Lawrence, I want to ask you a specific question. Um, what do you need to see from him to be determined successful this year? Um, and try to get rid of that bus label that, you know, you, you've been seeing everybody kind of throw at him ever since he had that disastrous rookie season with urban Meyer. So success is tough. Right. Because he's a guy who did really struggle. He only threw one touchdown in a nine game span, which is horrible for just about anybody. I mean, you or I could probably play quarterback for nine games and throw a touchdown. Let's be real. Right. And and in that same span, he had what, like five or six interceptions. So, again, you know, he had 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, whatever. He's a rookie. But again, like people are trying the thing here's my issue with trevor lawrence and i don't know if you watch the show a lot a little but i am labeled as a trevor lawrence hater and it's because i keep telling people why are we buying trevor lawrence yes he could be great yes he's the golden boy yes he was the number one pick yes he had urban meyer but i don't think that means you just give him a full mulligan a lot of people are like urban meyer don't care wiping the slate clean doug peterson new offense pro style run and gun a lot of a lot of quick options for him he could be really good but again for me in dynasty and even in redraft in some cases well redraft is different you could take a shot and redraft he's dirt cheap but in dynasty you still got to pay up to get this guy so i'm kind of like why am i paying up for a guy who had one of the worst rookie seasons that we've seen from a number one overall pick in a long time like you look at jared goff's rookie season when people wrote him off Right. And it looks comparable to Trevor Lawrence's season. So again, obviously sure. Jared Goff had his moment when he had a great coach and a great supporting right. staff and all these things. But I still feel like that's the outlier. And then if you held Jared Goff the whole time, look at where his value is now, yeah. right? I'm not saying right. that will be Trevor Lawrence, but successful man, I'd say 25 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, maybe 12 picks. You know, let's try and get 2x. Sure our touchdowns, interceptions, you know, get, give me a two to one, give me 4,000 yards because everyone expects that, right? I believe he right. had 3,600 last year. So he's, you know, he's right there. Right. But again, it's like he also has to win games too. They won two games For last sure. season. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's kind of all in there. Where are you at with Lawrence? Like, do you, do you think that he can hit those benchmarks, 25 touchdowns, 4K? I mean, 4K, he better get to 4K. Sure. But I think outside yeah. of that, it's it's tough, right? I think I think it, it's definitely within his range of po- possibilities, and I, I'll be I'll be a little bit more um, distinct on. It. I think yes, I think he's going to hit those this year. I I like what they did with the the offensive line. I wish, I wish they would have spent another pick on an offensive lineman in terms of like I the Trayvon Walker pick. Um, I think I was, it's just. And so here's here's my theory with this whole sure. thing, right? This was a shitty year for the draft. Like it wasn't good yeah. for what they needed, and right. they unfortunately were at the top, and everyone wanted to move down, but they couldn't. The right. Trayvon Walker pick, you know, hopefully he's their guy and he fits in the system because it d- was sure. questionable even in that in that moment, right? But it's one of those situations where like they needed the stud left tackle. There was a couple pretty right. good guys who were there they could have picked, but 
again, what are you going to do, right. right? They they drafted a guy they believe in. Hopefully he's really good. But it was just, I think, a bad draft slot where they couldn't really right. do anything and couldn't really move it. And so they kind of just got screwed over in that sense. No, that's a good point. That's good. Yeah, it's tough to move down when no one wants to move up. So yeah. I, 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 to I totally get that. But in terms of Lawrence, though, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to hit the benchmarks. I just, I do. I it's hard to say that urban Meyer was the entire problem. I think he was a lot of the problem. I, I it's, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, being a rookie, I think you need the structure. I think you definitely need the leadership at the end of the day. It's not college. You know, you're expected to know what you're doing to some extent. Um, but I think the, the type of system that Doug Peterson wants to employ, I really think um, just having the, the actual leadership from a coach instead of, contributing yeah. to the you know the outside noise um mm -hmm. i don't think you're gonna see doug peterson in any clubs um this year so i i i feel comfortable with him uh, on top <laughs> of it i think <laughs> it's like i don't know it's like a babysitter it's like i feel comfortable doug peterson watching my child you know that's that's yeah. more doug peterson is like the neighbor that you know and all these things and you've seen talked to and urban right. meyer is like the crazy girl that you call you know her numbers on a telephone pole and you have no mm -hmm. idea who she is until she shows up that could be fun <laughs> it could be fun <laughs> could be fun you know? could be a disaster right? we don't Got know nice we're, gonna to, we, we're gonna have to trust you right <laughs> right but not i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping that's the key word is hope um, I think Trevor Lawrence, yeah, like you said, the benchmarks, you know, two Xing his interceptions. I, I, I like falling back on the Peyton Manning narrative. Oh, he had a terrible rookie year too. And, and, you know, sorry, Trevor Lawrence. That's what it, everyone says, but it wasn't right. this it wasn't, bad. That's the problem. It wasn't this I bad. Know, it was bad. The I thing with, with Manning was the picks. He threw a ton right. of picks, right. but he still threw touchdowns and Trevor yes, Lawrence he did. did not throw that many touchdowns. And right. that's. See you, yeah. apologists. You, you, you people. The the Trevor Lawrence apologists try mm -hmm. to spin the narrative. Oh well, Peyton Manning had a bat. Well, Peyton Manning right. wasn't that bad, and he still won right. some games too. I mean, That's I think true. he only won what four games in his first season. I think uh, he I didn't he win that many thirteen. Games. He went three and thirteen. I think something like that. Something like yeah. that. And then then he turned it around and they won like eleven or twelve. I'm not expecting right. that of the Jags. But how? Okay, so we're on Trevor Lawrence. You think he's gonna be good? Sure. But how do right. you feel about the supporting cast? I think it's improved. Um, I don't want, I want to stay away from saying that it's good. Um, I love ETN coming back um, because it's the Jags and they can't have nice things. Of course, James Robinson is injured and in, in coming back yeah. and has to reestablish himself. Um, but I, I like, I like Travis ETN. I think that's going to be a dynamic weapon for them and going to work well with what they're going to want to do. I'm excited for the rushing upside of Trevor Lawrence working in this offense as well. The, the, I, I think mm -hmm. the 330 rushing yards last year is a little bit understated. So that's, that's what I'm excited for as well. Um, maybe we'll see a system with a lot more RPO action. And honestly, the, the weapons should be a lot of RPO, right? RPO a lot of RPO. I, I think that's why they focused a lot on your your slot type guys with Christian Kirk. Um, didn't go after like one of these super high price alphas. You know, they went and got Zay Jones, who can play on the outside if need be. They still have mm -hmm. Marvin Jones. And then I what I really love in the Doug Peterson system is that they brought in Evan Ingram. Talk, say what you want about wasted potential and what could have been in the rookie season and never following it up. You know, he's an athletic tight end, and I think we're going to see a lot of volume in that role running off the RPO and having to read the middle of the field. So yeah. I I think we're going to see a more success, more sustained drives, which is 
what you want to see out of uh, out of an offense. So I, I do. I, I like the supporting cast more than last year. Um, and I think Christian Kirk is a really underpriced asset. Even now that mm-hmm. you know he's he's solidified as a quote unquote sleeper target later in your dress. I think he's. I to me, I would take him over a guy like you know Alan Lazard. You know, I think. Yeah. I think potentially. Yes. Yeah. I think he's definitely. You know, he was he was a guy that um, with our patrons, I was telling months ago. I'm like, yo, Christian Kirk, expiring contract. There's no way he comes back. They don't use him enough. They clearly don't like him enough. And again, you look at him now, and he got this big contract. Again, it's you know, guaranteed money is what it is compared to the whole thing. But I told people, I'm like, yo, he should see 150 targets. Like, no joke. Like, there's no reason why he shouldn't see just ridiculous volume. To where it's right. like, why are we not taking this guy higher? Like, we love Brandon Cooks because he's going to get a ton of volume and he plays on a bad offense, but we don't care because he's Brandon Cooks and he's good. Maybe right. he isn't quite Brandon Cooks, but again, if you're getting 140 targets, 130, like that matters for fantasy, no matter what. You can Absolutely. say, you know, he's got a low ceiling, blah, blah, sure. blah, but a lot of people out there love Trevor Lawrence. You got to love his wide receiver one, too. If you love Trevor Lawrence, you should love his wide receiver one and you should be drafting him because he's probably too cheap. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Another guy that that has the the fantasy community a little bit polarized, and by little bit I mean a lot, is Trey Lance and his newly signed uh, teammate, who is one hundred percent not the starter, right? And Jimmy G. This yeah. is a this is such an interesting topic to me because you. You don't have I, – I haven't met a single person on Twitter or anyone in the community that's like, yeah, you know, I think Trey Lance will be just all right. I'm like, no, it's either he's going to smash this year or he's going to be absolute garbage and Jimmy G will be yeah. playing week four. So where do you land on it? And let me ask you another follow-up question to address as well. What – since we're on the topic of success, Jimmy G brought this team to an end – brought in the same way that, like – I don't know. Yeah, like Debo maybe, dragged yeah. him kind of. Right. Really what this happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He Jimmy seared G the cart and Debo them. was yeah. the actual driver. <laughs> right. Exactly. Goodness. Um, yeah. So Jimmy G played in an NFC championship game and Super Bowl. What does Trey Lance have to do to be successful? And if he falls short of that early, if the, if he projects not to meet those benchmarks, so to speak, is Jim, are we going to see a Jimmy G sighting? Please tell me no. I don't think I can tell you no. I don't think I can tell you even... I don't think I can even tell you maybe not. Like, the biggest problem with this situation is that, to your point, like, it's not that is Trey Lance the starter, because Trey Lance is a starter, we know this. But, I mean, if Trey Lance is even having a bad game, what's stopping them from throwing in Jimmy G, who they trust to close out a game, or if Trey Lance is struggling in a two-minute drill, or whatever the case may be, like... We saw them bring in Trey Lance for certain plays last season. Now, it's not quite the same because Trey Lance has a different skill set than Jimmy G, but Jimmy G has a different skill set than Trey Lance as well, right? And so I think that's part of it too is like we've seen quarterbacks get pulled before who were young because they have really bad games, and I don't think that Trey Lance is immune to that. Right. I think he'll be the starter all year. He'd have to be really bad, like one in six, just throwing tons of picks to really get benched, benched. But the problem for me is that I think no matter how bad Trey Lance was, if Jimmy mm-hmm. G was gone, you get him for the right. whole year. You look right. at Trevor Lawrence, he was god-awful, but he wasn't coming out of that game ever. Right. Right? For sure. Now with a team that went to the NFC Championship game last year, wants to win, right. wants to go to Super Bowls, like 
if he does really struggle, they have to at least consider making that switch. And that's the situation that fantasy managers did not want to be in this season because they right. love what Trey Lance could be. As mm. far as success, I mean, Niners fans have to at least expect a second round playoffs, like get to the divisional round at least. I think that's fair. Not to say the championship game or anything, but you have sure. to like, if he's going to be our starting quarterback, he still has to help us win games. And if he's not doing that, why is he there when we have right. Jimmy G, who is a winner, Super Bowl contender, NFC championship game last season, even with, right. you know, some injuries and not looking the best at times, they still have that on the roster. And that's always going to be in the back of their heads. They wanted Jimmy gone. Now he's gone, but maybe right. the grass won't be greener on the other side. I think that's really the issue right. for us in, in fantasy land. Trey Lance should be a top 10 quarterback if he's good. If he's not, I mean, sure. who knows how low that could be. Like you said, kind of that range of outcomes right. is super wide, but he has right. the rushing floor. But as right. an actual, like, what is a success for him? Has to be playoffs minimum. Like, you've got to make the playoffs. And I think you have to make the division yeah. around. If you lose in the wild card, I think that's a failure. Like, I, I really yeah. do for that team. I think that is for a failure. Sure. Depending on injuries, yeah. like, if they're fully healthy – I think that you should at least expect the divisional, and I think their fans definitely expect at least the championship game yeah. again. I mean, yeah, because the whole the whole argument was this is the guy that offers us things that that Jimmy G can't. It, you know, we already know that the 49ers trust Jimmy G. You know, it was never a, you know, we don't want him. It's that we drafted the successor, the guy that can put us over the top. I've, I've, I've always had conversations with people over the last year that Jimmy G is your average quarterback. He's literally middle of the pack. He yeah. is a guy that if you have a great team around you, he will be good enough to not be the reason you lose, but he's not yeah. good enough to not be the reason you win. You win. Um, yeah. So Trey Lance. Yeah, I agree. He has to win in the playoffs. And if he doesn't, especially in those first six games, they've got a really easy schedule. The first easy start. Yeah six games uh you know four of the first six games are against you know sub 500 opponents from last year so um if you see you know if even three and three you know two and four you start to see that now you're talking about three and um, three is not good enough no i, I just uh, i don't believe that it is you know like for what for sure. what their schedule is going to become down the stretch like i don't think right. three and three is good enough it sounds crazy no. and maybe they're close games so let's not you know sure. overreact too much but niners fans aren't gonna be happy with that three and three is not that's not why no. we tr we gave up. That's not why we got wanted to get rid of Jimmy G. That's not why we do this. Like Eric Crocker, right. we we me and Ray interviewed him and talked to him about stuff, and he's like, mm -hmm. the reason why you want a guy like Trey Lance is because when it, the play breaks down, he can play above the X's and O's. Is is right. the exact wording that he used, right? He can play above whatever's in front of him. When the play breaks down, he can make a play. Jimmy G is not sure. doing that, right? No. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that just can't really do that. But Trey Lance is a yeah. guy that if if he gets it right, right. Yeah. He could be some form of what Josh Allen is right now, right? He has that type of raw ability and skill set, but he's still going FCS to yeah. the NFL level, right? He's still going from basically sure. not playing in the last four years because he didn't really play in the COVID year. The year before that, he had his right. phenomenal season. Didn't play last yeah, year. So no now he's finally playing. Absolutely. Yeah, no interceptions, yeah, right? No the 40 touchdowns, no picks. Year. Right. Oh, man. Insane. Yeah. But again, new game, new two years yeah. removed from whole that season, whole new world, completely different. But again, yeah. you know, from what have you seen of him? He's looked pretty good. So I hope that he yeah. can get it done. But yeah, success is definitely at least divisional round and they better lose to yeah. the Rams if it's in the divisional round. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
Yeah, definitely uh, sky high expectations. And one other note before we move on to the the next uh, couple of guys I want to talk to or talk about is that Jimmy G was voted as the 105th player on the NFL <laughs> list of 100. So uh, apparently NFL guys like him. So that's yeah. something. I, I don't think it's that huge of a deal, but obviously he holds some clout among NFL players. So um, mm-hmm. definitely valued within an NFL locker room. Um, I think a lot of teams would want him, honestly. It's just the Niners weren't willing to give him up. And, you know, what was the the price and the shoulder injury? It's unfortunate because it seemed like he could have got a job on one of those lesser teams, but they didn't really want to give him up. And especially to Seattle was one of the big things why they didn't want to get rid of him. They didn't want him to end up on Seattle and things like that. So I totally get it from their standpoint. For sure. For sure. Be interesting to see where he goes. Um, You know, injury seems like the only way he's going to find a job this year. Um, If he agrees to be traded. So the next team, another hot topic, another developing unit. There's some storylines here to dive into over in Las Vegas. So you've got three guys, all starting with these. So you've got Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Darren Waller. All big, high-profile names have different accomplishments. Um, I'll start off with uh, – let's, let's go with um, – Let's go with Derek Carr, okay? We'll, we'll talk about the success of Derek Carr because then we can kind of trickle down into the weapons. Derek Carr, is he going to be a top six quarterback this year is is my Ooh. main question because – Top six. I, I, it sounds That's crazy. Bold. I, it is bold, be, but it's what's being expected from a lot of people now that, oh, he's got Devontae Adams and, you know, Renfro is now a thing. And, oh, well, Darren Waller, there's nothing changed from Darren Waller from now between, you know, 2020 and now so he's got to be the same player right so Derek Carr most pass attempts that he's ever had in his career last year throws for 4,800 yards um what's stopping him Jordan now with Devontae Adams from being a top six guy I think he's just not good enough like I think that's just the reality situation Josh Allen Justin Herbert Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes Jalen Hurts yeah, Trey Lance. <laughs> like, I think Kirk Cousins could be a, a, a QB one ahead sure. of him. Like, again, right. I, I understand what you're saying. I understand the case you're making. I still think that a yeah. great bet, and I know the odds have been shifting a lot recently, is if you want right. to bet in the lead the league in passing yards, I'm like, all right, sign me up. Yeah. But he had 4,800 yards, and he only threw 23 touchdowns. <laughs> like, that's yeah, just, that is I'm assuming tough. that will change, but it's weird. And again, to, to your point, right, Darren Waller right. was hurt, didn't have Devontae Adams. A lot of things have changed for them, and I think what we're seeing right now is, you know, are they going to run as much? We'll see. I think that's my biggest sticking point with them and and why I'm not necessarily all in on Derek Carr is that if Josh McDaniels runs a system that the Patriots ran, they're not going to throw the ball a lot. Like, they're going to be running the ball a ton, down people's throats, and it's going to be boring, and you're not going to have fun watching it. The only time they're going to throw is when they're behind in a game to the Denver Broncos, to the Kansas City Chiefs, or the Chargers, right? And then on top of that, I believe they also have to play the NFC West. So they will see the Cardinals, they'll see the Rams, they'll see the Seahawks, but they'll all see the Niners. So those are, you know, what's that, nine games on their schedule that are going to be tough. And so while he could throw a ton of yards, like these are teams that don't just have great offenses, but also have great defenses on top of that. So it's going to be very tough for the Raiders. Everyone's better than to come in last in division. It's no slight to them. But the teams around them, the teams are going to play, are just so talented. I'm not really sure how he could be a QB1. I just think there's too many good quarterbacks in the league. I'm just not quite yeah. there. Could he surprise me and maybe be like eight or nine? Of course. But six, sure. 
is a little bit too bold for me. Yeah, I, I, I tend to fall on that. Um, you know, he hasn't, he has never really finished as a top QB in his, his touchdown rate. That's really my main argument for putting, bringing that high. Look, if we're at, if we're realistically saying it's a possibility for this guy to throw 5,000 yards, I have questions. One of them you already brought up in the system that's being brought in. Uh, you fall on a lot of, you know, they brought in Devonte Adams, which is a nice segue into talking about Devonte Adams and his expectations in that, they paid the man. What was it? Was it 140 or 170 million dollars? I can't remember how much. Yeah, um, his total contract now. It's yeah, insane. it's it's ridiculous. And whether or not he sees all the money is another thing. But now he's on the team. He's got his college quarterback. If we're following the narrative, the you know re reconnecting with college roommates, Devonte Adams, top five, is I feel like that's realistic and probably probable. Um, what do you think the chances that he doesn't finish or what, what would you say would have to happen for him not to finish inside the top five? Not to finish inside the top five. I think the case is really just, are the Raiders good, right? Like, I think he's probably got double digit touchdowns in his arsenal, 1100 yards. Like, I honestly think he should be a guy who goes for 1500 and probably 12. I think he's going to see upwards of 150 to 170 targets. I think it just comes down to is yeah. is Derek Carr really going to hyper target him, and are we going to see that this season? Mm-hmm. He's not a guy who really does that. But at the same time, we've seen Josh McDaniels and you know that old Patriot system really feature one guy, and they'll get 150 targets. They'll have wide receiver one seasons, and Adams we know is a guy who's capable of of doing that. But to people's points, like you still do have Darren Waller there, who's pretty damn good. You still have Hunter Renfro right. who can still move the chains and be kind right. of a thorn in that ceiling that we expect from Adams. So. Again, I think it just comes down to is how is he ultimately utilized? What does his target share look like? We expect right. massive things, like maybe not Justin sure. Jefferson target, target ceiling, right. Cooper Cup last season target ceiling, but yeah. pretty damn close as far as I'm concerned. So we'll see what happens with him, but I think that there's a really good shot. He's top five. I'd say it's about a coin flip, right? I think right. he's probably got a pretty damn good shot, but I think there's always a chance that you don't be a wide rec- or a top five wide receiver, really what you asked me. So I For think sure. he's probably about 50-50 which is pretty reasonable. Like if you draft a guy in the top five, you you hope he's top five. If he's seven or eight, you can live with it. Right. Right. For sure. He's yeah. That wouldn't kill you with where you're drafting him. Um, but with how much they're throwing. So last year, you know, brought it up. It was the most that Derek Carr had ever thrown in his career thus far. If Derek or uh, Devontae Adams brings in his previous target count and percentage, you know, you're talking (laughs) about, he, (laughs) if he has 160 targets with how much they threw last year, and that that's the most, you're still looking at about a 25% target share, which moves us into the next guy I want to talk about, and Darren Waller. Look, if he has the 145 targets that he saw in 2020, are, are we confident that two guys are going to make up 50% of the target share in this offense? Like, is that where is that where we're living right now? I mean, realistically, maybe. Maybe. I I mean, we've seen this before where some teams just hyper target two or three guys. And these are the clear two. Like, let's be honest. You know, we may like Hunter Renfro and he can command targets, especially on third downs. But at the end of the day, like if they got 50 percent, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, Devontae Adams is a guy who's commanded upwards of 30 percent of the targets on his team before. And he's a guy who deserves that number six player on the top 100. Probably the best route runner in the league. I mean, he's a guy who gets it done no matter what. 
It just comes down to is how does Derek Carr operate? And that's the biggest problem right. is that if it was last season, I'd say, oh, yeah, sky's the limit. Like, they're going to keep throwing it. They threw the ball a ton last season. They know they're, they they're going to have to do it this year. Right. But they have a new system. They have a new coordinator. They have a new offense. So it may not operate the way we're used to seeing. And, and honestly, well, I think you'll yeah. throw about the same. I don't think we're going to see this. You know, everyone's expecting like 700 attempts because they're going to be down. They're going to have to throw. Yeah. I just don't know if it's going to be like that. We've seen teams before where we they should be throwing every play, but they don't do that. And then they wonder why they lose games. And it's because they right. can't keep up and they just want to run their system their way. And that's what happens. Yeah. I think there's a world where he could definitely throw a lot. I don't know if we'll see them both see that high of a target share, but I think it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. If mm -hmm. if I'm giving a percentage, I'd say like 30%, because I think the backs are going to get some targets. I think that you know Renfro right. will get enough to where those push those guys down just a little bit. I think one of them could definitely see a massive one. I think it's going to be Adams, right. and then we'll see where sure. Waller ultimately falls into the fold, because... I'm not sure about you, and I'd be curious your thoughts on this. Do you yeah. think that Waller can take targets away from Adams, or do you think that it'll mostly just be – like Adams to me is just so foolproof that he's going to get right. it done regardless of the game, situation, whatever. Waller, right. you know, we'll see how they scheme him and how well he plays, but he is, you know, dealing with a hamstring injury. He's, you know, right. waiting for that money to come in, right, I was gonna say, and I then like maybe I'm sure it will naturally get better. Yeah, it, yeah. Will, it will be just fine once he gets the money, but – We'll see. Like, how do you feel about both those two guys? Do you think they can get that fifty percent? Are you kind of like, well, it's kind of a lot, personally. I I think that's a lot. Um, I think Darren Waller, albeit he his talent is undeniable. Um, he his role in that offense is direct, I, I, more so challenged than a guy like Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is a guy. I still think that. Devonte Adams not necessarily going to be treated like he was in Green Bay, where on third down that is Devonte Adams' role. Um, yeah. We have a proven third down guy as well in in Hunter Renfro who can get open at a at a very uh, very good rate and is trusted more importantly by Derek Carr. So I think we're going to see a lot of Hunter Renfro as well. I, I don't want to forget about him. I, I think with the arrival of Adams, I think that's more so going to dig into Darren Waller's role. Darren Waller, look, he, it's not like like you said he's he's a, he's a good route runner, and I. Think in the system that they're going to run. I think it's going to um, ask Darren Waller to do a lot of what Gronk did. You know, I think you're going yeah. to see a lot of option routes. I think you're going to see a lot of seams. I think you're going to see a lot of red zone work. That's where I'm really excited about Darren Waller is in the red zone because that's where you need to have trust, but you also need to have size, and he has that. So whereas yeah. we might see less um, volume from Darren Waller, you could even it out with what we look for in a tight end every single fantasy season and what will keep him in relevance in my opinion is the touchdown upside so we've seen touchdowns buoy the value for tight end so whereas yeah i'm 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 definitely thinking Devontae's going to take more away from than waller than anyone else i think that waller's still going to have that top five tight end upside easily easily oh absolutely i think to your point in if they can get to the red zone and they can move the ball down the field with effectiveness you have three excellent red zone options in waller renfro right. and adams right adams will get a lot of the, the attention we may see waller get some attention we've seen renfro use his own abilities to score touchdowns as well so you think about from those three guys if mcdaniels is smart he'll scheme up plays where you know you'll see waller as a decoy you'll see adams as a decoy for the other one and then if everything else fails, you still have Hunter Renfro to score to move for you and score touchdowns because he's shown that ability as well. So I think 
in those red zone packages, they will be very difficult to stop as long as, again, they choose to pass the ball instead right. of run the ball in <laughs> right. like we've seen in New England for the past 30 years. God, please don't. I just I just don't want this to be West Coast New England. Like that's that's really <laughs> that's really please let let us have a division where every team is, you know, has the potential of catching fire and one of them just doesn't turn to stone like please I, it would just kill just me just give me straight air raid in yes. the whole division just spread just, and just run 700 and pass attempts long. for every single team you know yeah uh, we could we could t- all right, so raiders or broncos then because I, I don't know what to make of jerry judy i like Cortland yeah, sutton with russell wilson javante williams is a beast do you like that offense more than the raiders so it's funny because to your point, like it's, it's kind of close. The thing that really separates for me, I think is the running backs, right? Right. When you say Josh Jacobs and Zamir White, I'm like, oh, Josh Jacobs. And you see Javante yeah. Williams and Melvin right. Gordon. I'm like, oh, okay. Like we can work yeah. with them. They can catch passes. They can run the ball. Like there's so much more upside from the running back position, in my opinion. And then on top right. of that, obviously I love Russ more than Derek Carr oh, just from sure. an upside, upside perspective. You know, the weapons right. are what they are with Tim Patrick. I think they're obviously much more formidable. I think you have way more options. I still love Judy. I think Judy could be yeah. phenomenal. Like, we saw what he could do simply in the sophomore season when he won the Blitnikoff Award at Alabama. Like, the upside is there. It's just, can he put it all together? He was doing okay before he sprained right. his ankle last season. But, again, I think Russ is the guy that can unlock that, right? If he gives you Tyler Lockett, right. you're not upset. And then you can still get DK Metcalf out of Cortland Sutton. And those are two massive right. ceilings four wide receivers so i think the offense is going to be unreal i just it's how much do they turn it loose because again for the raiders they could abandon the run a little bit because they don't have so much talent they have to stick with those guys but in right. my opinion in denver they sh- they should be running the ball consistently because they have these guys that can do it they can work the work the game slowly we can say let russ cook all the time and he will have sure. his moments for sure we'll have to but there'll be moments too where melvin gordon and uh, and Javante Williams get it done as well. And so I think that balanced approach is going to be very good for Denver. And on top of that, the defense for Denver, much better oh, than it is in Vegas, right? Yeah. So that's a big factor too from just a winning yeah. perspective. The Vegas defense is not good, especially the secondary. So you think about that that division and the NFC West they're going to play with that secondary yeah, is uh, scary hours for the, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, if we're going to separate what we want to happen from what's realistically going to happen, I think that we're going to see the Raiders – be that odd man out in that division where it's, they don't have the defense. They don't have the superstar high powered offense. They don't have as good a quarterback. Well, I'll just put it as, as plainly as that. Sometimes it, you yeah. know, keep it simple. And the team with the less special quarterback, I won't say bad, but less special is probably going to be left out of the playoffs where we'll probably see three of those teams in man. Good fantasy stuff. Good fantasy stuff. I want to I want to quickly transition Jordan into um, just a, an easier question, a, a more lifestyle question, something to get to know you uh, a little bit more um, before we you know say goodbye and thank you for joining the show. Um, as a content creator, um, what are what are some things that you have like? What what are your biggest o- obstacles? Obviously, you you come up with ideas constantly. Your producer for for Ray G, who, you know, um, and a co-host who you know he stopped by the show to say you know give you well wishes here. Um, what are what are some things that you find as a challenge when you're kind of in season or even out of season and you're trying to come up with content to share to the people? I think in season you just 
by that point you can't worry about it. And I would that yeah. would be my advice to everybody. By the time the season actually gets there, look, don't get me wrong. I am doing a lot right now because the season isn't quite here yet. Right. But what I would say to anybody is like, if it's week one or week two and you're trying to implement new ideas, you got to be one spending all your time on them or just like super dedicated or have a really big team to support you because it's so difficult to make changes in the middle of the season. All of us, we grind, we write articles, we do podcasts, we do other shows with other people. We're watching every game, trying not to miss anything, track all the stats, the box scores, the advanced stats, the route runs, like all this stuff you have to keep track of just to, just to literally be average, like just to be average, we have to track all that stuff. And if you don't, you're falling behind. So for me, the biggest problem is that like you need to have a plan in the off season and then slowly use that time to implement those things. The biggest challenge, I think, for me, honestly, is coming up with new ideas. You know, like I may have a great idea once and I'm like, man, I don't know when the next good idea is going to come. This was a really good right. one and it worked out and I don't know when the next one's going to come. And the biggest thing and, and what I would challenge everyone to do is like just to keep trying new things. Ask your friends, yeah. like, how could I be better? What is something that you would love to see me do that I haven't done yet or whatever it is like that's where Ray and I are really good. He'll bring me an idea that I'll be like, this is the worst idea you've ever had, but I have to at least entertain it because I don't come up with any ideas. He's the one that comes up with the ideas. So that's, that's the biggest thing for me is I think you have to just be willing to try and fail. And that's general advice for anything, but in content creation, if I didn't try and fail doing things or try and succeed doing things just to be like, can I do this? Like I wouldn't know half the stuff I know right now. So that's the biggest thing is like, if I never tried, like back in the day, I don't, I don't even know if you would know this, but mm-hmm. when we started to do our, like our very first show, right. I was like, how can we make it look different than other people's? And I was like, here's a great idea. I'm just going to take like the template for PTI and we're going to rip it off. And I'm just, we're going to call it our own show. And great. that's exactly what we did. And people were like, holy shit, this looks so different than everything else yeah. we've ever seen. And it really helped us, you know, gain traction early. But in that moment, I was like, I'm never going to have an idea this good ever again. Like, this is just, this is my greatest, this is my Mona Lisa. Like I will never have a better idea than this. Right. But the thing is, is that ideas will come and you just have to practice and try. And the amount of skills I learned just making that taught me a ton. And so this just That's awesome. continues to compound itself. Like people, people don't know this and maybe you don't even know this, but I've entirely mm. self-taught in everything we've done yeah, from audio to sure. video to editing, like, so yeah. again, I don't have any classical training. I don't really know what I'm doing. I just kind of learn on the fly, try new things yeah. and it's worked out so far. So, yeah. I mean, c- clearly I'm doing Killing something it. right, but yeah, I think that's kind of my advice. It's practice. Yeah. It's trying new things, getting under your comfort zone and, and not being right. afraid to ask for ideas or help because, because that always helps you, but definitely do it in the off season, in season sure. work on yeah. learning and getting better and all those things for your product. in the off right. season, expand your product, make your product better, but it's very difficult to do that in the middle of the season for sure man great advice man and yeah i could definitely attest to um especially being a smaller operation when you have an idea that you want to implement it's uh awesome how do i learn to be a video editor a graphic (laughs) creator a you know (laughs) you know um you're kind of wearing all of the hats that you find um and you know what i can tell you just from being a consumer of your product and a very big fan that you're doing a hell of a job i watch you guys three times a week and you know it's Thank just you. such an easy listen and you know what it's it's something else that drives me and in our team to to just be great as well because it's it's awesome seeing the people that we support doing so well so jordan oh man you guys are doing awesome things like first step audio if people if you're listening here first step is audio yeah, you have the audio for sure second step is video if you do video 
and you look great and you're already ahead of 90% of people genuinely like people ask me all the time how can I get better audio first video second you have both and there it's just getting your message out to the people that's all it is yeah I appreciate that man and coming from you that means means the world hey man thanks so much for stopping by though this has been awesome it's been awesome uh chatting up you know talking fantasy I look forward to interacting with you um during the season and kind of picking your brain definitely um and you know look forward to you know maybe having you on the show uh, you know sometime in the future again this has been great. whenever you want whenever you want thank you so much for having me um but yeah anytime you need um, I told this to the front yard fantasy guys too, and unfortunately they took me up on it a couple times. <laughs> Whenever you need, just let me know and I can hop on anytime. Uh, like I said, you know, it's 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 late, but it's just right. because I'm not used to it. That's not I'm up till like one right. o'clock in the morning every day. Even if I have a show the next day, just it is Perfect. what it is and it's fun. But I really appreciate you having me. Um, so thank you so much for having me on. And and yeah, like I said, if you need a, a, a co-host and a pinch, whatever, I can always hop appreciate on that. and uh, and chat up with you for sure. Appreciate that. And you heard it here, guys. Whenever I want. <laughs> Jordan, I, I mean so it. Much, man. I mean it. JL took me up on it one time with like six hours notice. And I did it, but I okay. only because I offered, right? That's the problem. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, a man yeah, of my word. Let him know. You let him know. Yeah, I'm a man of my word, but damn. Like, you know, yeah. don't push it. Wow. No, I'm just right, kidding. Right. No, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, really appreciate it. The people appreciate it. It's been awesome. Again, um, make sure you follow him at your boy Jay Rich. He, you can find him on YouTube, Wake Up TV, and the Wake Up with Ray G show on YouTube. Jason, thanks again. Thanks a million times. And for everyone listening and watching, remember losing sucks. Don't do yes, it. Yes, sir.